Good morning, everybody. Today is the 10th of Nisan, and we are learning the first page of Maseches Shkalim. So what is Maseches Shkalim doing here? You open the page, and you see it doesn't look like anything we've learned up until now. It doesn't look like Talmud Bavli. It's a Yerushalmi Masechta in the middle of Talmud Bavli. Look how different it looks. We don't have Rashi here. We don't have Tosfos. You look where Rashi is supposed to be. We have the Rivivan, which is the parish of Yehuda ben Yamin Harofe. That's interesting. We got a doctor in the house. And then on the outside, we have right Mefarshim with amazing names, Karban Ha'eda, Mishnah Solio. And the one, in the, the one that's considered by, uh, by Art Scroll and by Shalom Rosner and Ari Leibowitz and Simon Wolf and the others, uh, the primary one that is, that is used is the Taklin Chadasin. You'll see that on the bottom, uh, where Rashi is, where we were, where we have been used to towards the end of Sachim to look, to look for the Rashbam. That's the Taklin Chadasin, written by somebody by the name of Rabbi Sorel Mishklov, or Mishklov, really. He's from Shklov, the Tikun Chadatin, uh, or the Taklin Chadatin. And he is the primary Mepharish. Now, you need to have a guy to stick with with the parish because you, you'll notice very soon that all over the place, the Hagar Sabach is working overtime here. The Nuschos here are working overtime. There's a Nusach HaBavli and a Nusach HaYushami. There's like a more Yerushalmi version of the Yerushalmi, the Hagos of the Gra. The Taklan Chadatin, by the way, of Mishklov was a Talmud of the Gra. And he, there's certainly a Zionist component uh, or, you know, a love for Eretz Yisrael uh, that, that comes through and makes it appropriate that he is the primary, he is emerged as the primary Mefarish of this Yerushalmi because he's in fact... Uh, one of the things, one of his most famous works was something called Peas HaShulchan. We have the Shulchan Aruch, but the Shulchan Aruch doesn't mention halachas of Eretz Yisrael in it. And the Peas HaShulchan, he considers it the corner of the Shulchan, but also Peah, a play on words, because that's one of the mitzvahs at Tluyos Ba'aretz. And so he has a section of Shulchan Aruch about Hilchos, uh, halachas at Tluyos Ba'aretz. And so it's an amazing, it's an amazing schus to be able to learn Shkalim. And not only that, but this might be the greatest Dafyomi coincidence we've experienced so far. Because after all, people, the Rishonim struggle to explain. You have different explanations. It's not obvious why we're learning Shkalim here, why we have a piece of Yerushalmi uh, in the Talmud Bavli here. And so the best answer that's given, the most common answer that's given is because we just learned Masechah Pesachim. And it's exciting to talk about the Korbanos and the Ma'ados as they're coming in, because after all, Masechus Shkalim, as we will see, really brings to life this man of the base of Mikdash and what it was like to collect all the Shkalim and what daily life, so to speak, was in preparation for Yantiv and the Korbanos and the celebration in the base of Mikdash. And so, on a normal year, you say, okay, so maybe you should have it before Masechus Pesachim. Or, right, it's, the placement, it doesn't answer all the reasons as to why it's placed Dafka here between Psachim and Yuma. However, in the four, here in the 14th cycle of the Dafyomi, as we stand before you on the 10th of Nisan, 
in anticipation, we're about to take our Korban Pesach and purchase it and walk the hills of Yerushalayim in the Zman Mikdash would now be dotted with so much cotton and linen and all the, all the, all the white clothing of the people coming in for pilgrimage for Aliyah Laregel that you wouldn't even be able to see the grass anymore. It would be just this sheet of white, like when you see Berchas Kohanim during the, right, the Regalim by the Kotel. You, it, it's just everybody dotted with the anticipation of the Chag and all the halachas where people can't pass each other because of the swarm and throng of people pushing, pushing in. And it is all of this anticipation and excitement that is gripping us now as we approach the, right, the, the Pesach and the redemption of Pesach and the Geula. So may we, in the learning of the Shkalim, in this three-week Masechta, uh, where we grab uh, some of that, um, so, so in our particular case of the 14th cycle, this three-week Masechta is actually grabbing us and bringing us back into that place and time, right? So we could spend the week before, during, and after of Pesach uh, embracing the, that's Mana Mikdash, may we be Zoha to experience it, um, in person very, very soon. Okay. So now, with that, let's begin the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, What does Mashmim? You guys are going to ask. But basically, we're going to make, we make an announcement. We're bringing us back now to the time of, right, the base of Mikdash. And we say, that is when we announce to who? We're announcing it to the world, you'll see. We're announcing to the words two things. First of all, shkalim. Let's start collecting all the shkalim, the machtes ha-shekel. Uh, by the way, Masechah shkalim is about the machtes ha-shekel. There's a mitzvah of machtes ha-shekel uh, that everybody has to give. It's mentioned in the Torah, right? Zeit knew kola over shekel Every human being, well, I shouldn't say every human being, Every adult Jewish male has to give, that narrows it down somewhat, every adult Jewish male has to give a machzitz a shekel, representing, right, their family, for the korbanos. The machzitz a shekel goes for the korbanos. Now, this machzitz a shekel is given by everybody, even if they are in Golas, even if they're in Chutzlaretz, everybody has that obligation. Certainly in those days, without Bitcoin, that took some time. So the announcement would start off on Rosh Chodesh Adar, that you better start collecting. So even though it was an annual, right, fundraiser, it was something that you couldn't just assume people would bring in. They didn't, so you, you would actually have to make an announcement. And as we will see in the Gemara, the money would come in sort of over time. So if people lived out in Caucasia, which I just recently I was reading this Passover anthology, so I was reading about Pesach in Caucasia, which was an unbelievable uh, thing. The women there all, never left the house, and, all, and if they did, they always covered themselves. You could only see their eyes, like we see in some cultures today, except for on Pesach. On Pesach, they would have, you could see them full face, and they would put flowers in their hair. Imagine the anticipation of one, only at the Pesach Seder of one night a year where you feel like a real Ben Choran. And there are many cultures where that was the most special night of the year in that way. So you're coming from Caucasia, which is like you go past all the Arab nations and towards Russia, so they're going to come later. If you're coming from the United States, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get there like two years later. But be that as it may, you have to have, over time, it's coming from the Gullus, all of this money, all of this shkalim. What's this kilaim? 
So Kilayim is, is a different thing. It just has to, happens to be at the same time of year where because of the nature, right, we know about Kilayim already. We, we discussed it in Erevin and we discussed it in Masech Shabbos, the idea of you're not supposed to have two different, right, seeds that mix with each other. And so when you have some amount of sprouting of the seeds, it still uh, could be bottle, uh within a certain ratio where you don't have an issue of Kilayim. And so just now, as things are starting to sprout, we are warning people, make sure that you don't have a mixture of Kilayim of different types of seeds um, growing together. So that was the proclamation of the Bezdin, Be'echad Be'adar. Okay. Uvachamisha Sarbo. And then what do you do on the 15th of Adar? So now we're going to have a list of things that go on on the 15th of Adar. Some of the are going to be very familiar to you, but it's all in the context of Shkalim. But once we're already making uh, the Shkalim uh, reference, then it is the way of the Mishnah to also make complete the list. So you start off with the most familiar thing that has to do with the 15th of Adar, which is Koronis Tamagila Bakrachim. Right? That's when you read the Megillah in the walled cities, what we call Shushan Purim. Okay. Now we're already back a little bit into our Indian, which is you have to repair the roads and the streets. Why? Because this is in anticipation of the crowds, where you're going to repair the roads and the streets in anticipation of all of the uh, people are going to be, there's going to be a lot of traffic now, all of the people coming in, all the as they are now for the, for the holiday of, of Pesach. Okay, that's mikvah samayim, also of course, Right, people are going to be making the karbanas. People are going to be tov on the mikvah. So this is when you do it on the fifteenth of Adar in anticipation of the crowds. Just like I think it was Simon, no, I think it was uh, Shalom Rosner who made the analogy of the um, of the Olympics. Right, when a city gets gets awarded the Olympics, Baltimore hasn't gotten the Olympics yet, as far as I know, but it's coming. But uh, when a city gets the Olympics, right, the entire city get you you, you build it up. You make you make sure that the uh, public, right? All the, all the public um, uh, streets and transportation and and mikvahs and everything is ready uh, for the, for the throngs of people that are going to come. So this is the, not a lot of time, um, but at least it's sometime a few weeks because this was a different culture there uh, where it, it take a few weeks to set it all up and you got it all ready for the aliyah Rego. The Osin called Sarchei Arabin. We'll see what this specifically is referring to. But it's talking about making sure, attending to all the public things that, uh, that we're going to be doing in, uh, in preparation for the crowds. Um, esakvaros. You mark the graves. Well, that's important because you can't, if you're a Kohanim, you can't walk near the graves. Nobody really wants to become Tame from these Kvaros. So you, so that's the idea that you have Tzion on Kvaros, right? We always have, uh, signs because we want to avoid. Uh, these, uh, these, uh, right? We have, we want to avoid, uh, these kvaros. So why you're tying them now and not before, we will see. Okay. Again, um, that, those particular, those two issues we'll discuss more tomorrow. The Gemara will get into a little bit more detail. Okay. Beyond that, v'yotin af al hakilaim. And they also go and inspect the fields for kilaim. So just like they had announced to be careful about kilaim, on the first of Adar, now on the fifteenth of Adar, you're going to go out into the fields and inspect and see what's going on. Okay, fine. So now we get to the Gemara. Now, as I said, without thank God for Art Scroll, uh, of course, Shear is always the Ilunishmas of Chaim Zev Melinowitz. He worked on the uh, Bavli, and I also remember when he worked on the Yerushalmi. Uh, without the Art Scroll, 
or, or something, then every, every page would take us weeks because there's so many gear saws changes, it barely reads straight. But with the art scroll, we could stick with the brackets, kind of dance between the raindrops of the, of the parentheses, and also point out when some of the uh, different gear saws um, add meaning to what we want to say. But you'll see, it's Aramaic, but it's like a different dialect here. And so uh, the art scroll is extremely helpful here as we start with the Gemara. So the Gemara asks, you'll feel it's a different, slightly different vibe, but it's good. It's like Mashiach vibes. We're getting ready for, we're getting ready for Yerushalmi and Bali. It's all going to be the same. Here we go. Why did they make this announcement on the beginning of Adar? Where did they come up with this date? So the Gemara says, We want people to bring the Shkalim on time. Okay. But see, And we know that the first draw, Trumas Halishka Minachadasha Bizmana. Okay, so when you, there's a cycle. Basically, there's a fiscal year, is what's going on. So the fiscal year for the Beis Amikdash started on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. That's what it means, Trumas Halishka Minachadasha Bizmana. That the fiscal year starts on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And in fact, as we will see today in the Gemara, God willing, there's three times when you draw uh, publicly from the funds. Now, the Beis HaMikdash had several accounts, okay? It had the Bedek account, right? That's people, they're donating separately as they want for like the upkeep and the painting and all the different things of the, of the Beis HaMikdash. The Machtis Shekel went specifically to the Karbonos account. And even for the Karbonos account, right, you need, there was expense, right, because there's Karbonos Tibur, and you're buying the, you're purchasing the animals, etc. And so, all the expenses associated with that came from the Machtis Shekel. Okay, so the Machtis Shekel, you're going to have, right, the Karbonos uh, coming up, and you're going to have, um, and so the first draw was on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So because the first draw was Rosh Chodesh Nisan, they start announcing, right, the fundraiser on Rosh Chodesh Adar gives people a month to to give it in. Now, but by the time Rosh Chodesh Nisan and the first draw of Rosh Chodesh Nisan comes, as we will see in the Gemara, there was three. It was on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, on Shavuos, and then later again on Sukkot. So basically, most of the funds that would come for the month of Nisan would be all the people from the surrounding areas of Yerushalayim, uh, and, and Israel, because those were the funds that came in first. And then by Shavuos, you had people a little bit further out. And then Sukkot is where you really were already up to using the money from Chutzlar. It's okay. So be that as it may, you have to start letting people know, right, by Rosh Chodesh Adar, because you're going to, right, start making that first draw from the Machzitz uh, Shekel account of the Beis HaMikdash on the first day of Nisan. Now, Umar, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Mar is Aramaic for Amar. We don't see that in the Bible the same way, but that's what it means. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak said, so you see it's a slightly different dialect here, Trumas Halishka Kitzchilasa, right? That the withdrawing the Shkolim from the Lishka occurs on the first day of Nisan, just like it happened. In other words, he's giving another reason, right? Up until now, the Gemara just gave the most pragmatic reason, right? You do a month before, and that's when you announce the, that you're gonna, that you're gonna do the shul fundraiser. Here, he's saying that there's a precedent, 
right, a, a historical precedent in the Torah. Because in the Midbar, what do we do in the Midbar? As we very well know, it was in the second year, but on what? Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that we made the Mishkan, that we actually, right, we designated and, and, and put together, and you had the beginning of the building of the Mishkan, or actually that one, that's when it was erected, the Mishkan. Bethani Allah, and that's what the Brisa said on that, and so the Brisa says regarding that, that on the same day that you had Hakamasa Mishkan, that's the day that you make the first draw from the treasury, right? From, from that account in the base of Mikdash. So we see that that's a precedent, that just like that was the day that you had Hakamasa Mishkan, so too that's the day that you make the first draw. Okay, so we have a scriptural reference, you would say, right? Now another source, Rabbi Tavi, right? You don't see him too much in Bavli, but here he is. In the Yushami, you see him more. Rabbi Yosha, Rabbi Shem Kahana. And Rabbi Yosha said the name of Kahana, Neymar Khan Lechadshe. So regarding, the, this is another scriptural source. Regarding Musaf, it says Lechadshe Hashana. And when you talk about which is the first of the months of the year, so we know that it's referring to Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Okay. Okay, so you have it regarding the Musaf Karbanas, and then you have it regarding which is the first of Nisan. So this is how you make like a Hekesh, right? This is where you make the uh, comparison that the beginning of the Karbanas is related to the first of Nisan. Mal says the Gemara, just like when you're counting months, as we know, in the Torah, the first month is Nisan. So just like the first of Nisan, why? Because that's when we left Mitzrayim and that's where we start counting, that's where was our birthplace as a nation. Is this a Dafyomi coincidence? It's beyond that. It's just like we're really in it. So af So too, when you're talking about when you count the beginning of right the Korbanos, so it says Lachoche, it says Lachoche, and in both cases it's referring to Rishkodesh Nisan, and therefore that's when you do the first draw. And then of course what would end up practically happening is that it, since that's when you make the first draw of the from the the funds, right? That's the Rosh Chodesh for the drawing of the funds in the base of Mikdash. So therefore, of course, the announcement, it would stand to reason, would be a month prior to that. So to that, I'm a Rabbi Yonah. Rabbi Yonah uh, challenges this as follows. He says, Shavak Rabbi Tevi Rosha de Masnisa of Amar Sofa. Okay, so Rabbi Yonah was privy to the entire Brisa. And Rabbi Yonah is criticizing Rabbi Tevi here, and he's saying that Rabbi Tevi's rationale of comparing the beginning of the months to when you make the first draw on the base of Mikdash is based on the end of the Brisa. But, Shavik Rabbi Tevi Rosha, but he left out the beginning of the Brisa. So what is the Brisa, in fact, saying in its entirety as follows? The low Kain Kahada Detane. Shouldn't you teach, this is a question mark, the Lokain Kahada the Tanya, shouldn't you breach? Wasn't the Brysa taught like this? As follows. When you quote the entire Brysa, this is what you come up with as following. That in fact, you have this, this obligation, right, to bring the Shkalim every year. And you're going to read it like this. Says the Brysa. This is a quote now. Zos Olas Chodesh Bechatcho. Right, the Pasuk says that's the Olas Chodesh at its new time. When it's mechadesh, when it's renewing, you might have thought that what that the fiscal year has a monthly draw in the base of mikdash. Again, the base of mikdash has their machzus shekel account, and they draw from it 
every month. They take a monthly uh, salary, so to speak, from the, that account. Talmud Lomar This is the Bryce is saying that the Torah otherwise states in the month for the months of the year. What does that mean? That really the draw is once a year, not once every month, but once a year. So you might say, well, the fiscal year is arbitrary. You could actually make that draw at any time during the year as long as you draw it once. So it's to that that the Brysa points out that just like it says by the Hakamasa Mishkan and in there it's referring to Nisan, so to here in the in indicating when you make the draw from the account of the base of Mikdash, it's referring to Nisan. And it says here, just like over there, where it says Chachim, it means Nisan. So to here, it's referring to Nisan. So this is really uh, a more, I guess, Rabbi Yonah is, is, is giving a, uh, a more uh, robust explanation of how the Brisa, like uh, develops this idea that it's Benisan. Now again, we're going to actually learn that there's going to be three draws. Uh, Nisan, and then Shavuos, and then later Sukkot. But this is the development of how we learn that the first draw is in fact in Nisan. And Rabbi Yonah's um, criticism of Rav Tebi is that Rav Tebi was really being sort of superficial. He was leaving out like some of the depth of how the Brisa really described the way they arrived at this Limud. But they both arrived at the same point, which is that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is when you actually make the first draw for the, from the Machtas HaShekel account. Okay. Two dots, middle of the page. We're going to talk about Ma'u Mashmin. What does Mashmin mean? Right? We don't do this for other mitzvahs. We don't announce, you know, you're going to be bringing Lulav soon. So why do we make this announcement when it comes to the Machtas of Shekel? Why does that, uh, why does that mitzvah, right? Which is in fact a mitzvah, right? It's a mitzvah saseh. Shehazman uh, Gorama, I imagine, where women are not chayev. It is a time-bound mitzvah saseh. So this, this Machtas of Shekel, Right? Um, unless, does the Pasuk say? Hold on a second. Uh, could be that the Pasuk specifically says. Let's, let's just reorient ourselves. This is kedai to know these psukim of kisisa because it is in fact the basis of our masechta, and so the pasuk itself is saying right that ish and it says ben esrim shanav mala. It's saying that the asher lo Everybody's bringing the same amount of machzus shekel, and we're obviously going to be referring these psukim uh, many times. But be that as it may, there's an element of kapara, as we will see, and we will get to that uh, now, right? We, we, because the Mishkan at the time was a kapara for the Cheta Egel, which we're going to mention now, coming up in this daf, and uh, also the denomination. What does that mean? Does the denomination change over time? This is all going to be discussed coming up. So be that as it may, that mitzvah, you are going to announce. So why does that mitzvah get announcements? It says the Gemara, Rav Huna Amar, Machrizin. That Mashmi'in, first of all, means that we announce it. Okay, we gave it away, but that's, that's what it means. So Kemah the Gemara says, right? 
Because it says, Right, so this Pasuk in Divra Yamim, it's also in Malach Bez, and also in Malachim Bez, that we actually have a Pasuk where it says that they would give a call, right? That this Machsas Shekel had a, an announcement, right? Mark, marketing announcement that went out. Be Yehuda over Yerushalayim. Okay. <clears throat> so now, I was going to ask a fascinating Shaila. What if you have a leap year, right? Any, any, um, any mitzvah that takes place in Adar, you're going to have to have a question. What happens if you have an Adar Rishon and an Adar Sheni? Does this mitzvah falls out in Adar Rishon or Adar Sheni? Now, we are famously known, Maseches Megillah, which we'll get to God willing soon, Ein Bains. All the Ein Bains appear in Maseches Megillah, Ein Bain, Adar Rishon, Adar Sheni, and then all the other Ein Bains, which are ways of comparing things that occur in Adar Rishon and Adar Sheni, what are the same and what are different, what these kinds of comparisons. So we're going to reference that Mishnah in Megillah as follows. Taman, Taninan, right? So notice again in Yerushalmi, we are saying this Lushan a little bit different, right? Instead of Tanan, we just say Taman Taninan, but basically we're saying we learned in the Mishnah over there. Ain bain other harishon the other. We're going to have to uh, transition back into Bavli after this. We're going to get too so used to this. We're going to get out of character. Okay. Taman Taninan, Ain bain other harishon the other hasheni. So right, all these ain bains in Maseches Megillah, that between Adar Rishon and Adar Sheni, the only things that are different is Mikra Megillah Matanus Levyonim, right? Which is to say, you, if you read Megillah and Adar Rishon, right, then or or give Matanus Levyonim, then you have to repeat it in Adar Sheni. Those are things that you do only in Adar Sheni. Otherwise, everything else is the same. Well, that would imply that Shkalim you could do on other Rishon also. You can announce it on other Rishon. Let's see. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Simon B'Shem Levi, Af that those two things mentioned in our Mishnah, right, are also only applicable to other Sheni. They're also something that you can't just do, right? In other words, Mikra Megillah and Matanas Levyonim, those mitzvahs of Purim, you can't just decide whether to do on other Rishon or other Sheni. You must do another Sheni. And if you do it on a Rishon, you have to repeat it. So Rav Simon ben Rav Shubin Levi is saying that's the same thing with Shkalim and Kilayim also. If you've done it on other Rishon, you must repeat it on other Sheni. To which Rabbi Chelb of Rav Huna of Rav B'Shem said, Hakol Yotzin Barbasar, he says an additional thing, everybody is going to, what? Be Yotzin Barbasar, Shehuzman Kriyasa, because that's the main time for the reading. Okay, some, like the Gura, delete this enigmatic line of Rabbi Chalbo. Again, a lot of Gersa issues in this Masechta. But uh, the Gemara is going to be discussing some aspects of this. This seems to be coming out of left field. But basically, just when we're just talk, they're talking about other Rishon, other Shani, so you can also talk about, right, Purim and Shushan Purim. What happens similarly, just like other Rishon and Shani? Let's say you read the Megillah and other Rishon, you know that you have to repeat it on other Shani. Let me, let me ask you a question. You live in a walled city, and you, for whatever reason, read the Megillah. Forget about other Rishon and other Shani. There's only one other this year. But you read the Megillah on the 14th in a walled city. Do you have to repeat the reading of the Megillah on the 15th? After all, you're in a walled city. You're supposed to be reading on the 15th. So it is, in a certain sense, uh, an analogous question. To which Amar Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said a word that will appear again in our Masechta that we've never seen before, and we'll tell you what it means. The word is Ve'yaus. Ve'yaus is Yerushalmi for when Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was correct when he said this. <coughs> in other words, when he said, Rabbi Yossi is saying, that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said that, that 
shkalim and kilayim are things that are exclusive to the right second adar to other bays, just in the same way that Matanas Lavyon and Megillah are, he was correct. Vyaz, he was correct. In other, uh, uh, and he elaborates to say, Kum Amr Mashmim Alashkalim, a rationale. Because why did we say Mashmim Alashkalim? The whole purpose of right announcing that you're having the shul raffle is so that people should bring the money in its proper time. So, if you're actually announcing the shul raffle a month in advance, there's still 60 days in the year until you get to when you need to have the money. Okay, that never works, right? And this really resonated with the shul rabbis like Rabari Leibowitz and right, Rochelle and Rosner. They know that when you have a shul event, you don't announce it too far in advance because by the time you have it, everybody will forget. The timing is everything, right? You need to be exquisitely timed 30 days in advance, not 60 days, and therefore there'd be no purpose in doing it in other Rishon. Aha. Similarly, Klum Amr Yotzinaf al Kilaim. This would also be true but with Kilaim. Isn't that why we would check the Kilaim? In other words, by definition, on a year that you have an other base, that means that everything was falling out super early, which means that other Aleph in the agricultural cycle is so early that you don't even have any of the growth of the Kilaim. And so, both in terms of the fundraising timing and in terms of the agricultural timing, to do either the kilaim or the fundraising announcements would be right off. If you did it in other Rishon, it wouldn't make any sense. And therefore, uh, just for logical reasons, that's why you would have to do it in other bays. So this is Rabiosi giving rationale for why it too, just like Megillah and Matanas Levionim, would only make sense in other bays on, on a leap year. As it continues to say, im at amar other rishon ad kedon inun dakikin, right? If you were talking about with regards to kilaim and other rishon, so then the plants are still so small that it is not relevant to refer to kilaim. So that was the statement of Rabbi Yossi. To which Rav Chizkia Shaal, I'm loving this new dialect here. Rav Chizkia asked if they agreed with this, and he said the following: May ata. Now that we concluded, right, that we are on the second day of Adar, rather, on Adar Shani, rather, that on Adar Shani is when you do the Kilaim and the, and, and the announcement for Machtes of Shekel, so then, B'nai Bavel Mashmi Malashkalim Mirosh Hashel Chorif, here we have different Gersos, either way it makes sense, Mirosh Hashel Chodesh or Mirosh Hashel Chorif, it's either a question that they should, the B'nai Bavel should be asked sooner, uh, which would mean Chorif, right, that's the, that's the gear so that 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 um, that the Gura has, or it means, or it's a question. In other words, it's either saying it should be becharif, or it's saying how could it be bechodesh. But the bottom line of this question is that the bnei bavel, right? You're all the way out. So then, you know, if you're talking about timing, so the timing obviously depends on how far away the people are. So how can you say that just one month away is good enough? Yeah, it's good enough for the people in Yerushalayim, but the people in Bavel, they're going to find out way too late. So that rationale doesn't apply to them. Says the Gemara, Isn't the whole reason so that they'd be able to bring the truma from the, from, uh, in its proper time? And so if they are far away, why are we postponing the announcement until uh, until other Shani? Right? True, it's, it makes more sense for the locals, but it makes less sense to wait until Adar Shani 
for those who are far away. To that, the Chacham says following, Hisiv Rabbi Ula, Kumi Rabbi Mana, Rabbi Ula said in the presence of Rabbi Mana, V'hatanina. This is what we learned in the Mishnah later in Shkalim, as follows. So now this is where we come out with the three draws. That's in fact the Mishnah in the third parak. Uh, God willing, we'll learn it soon. That these are the three times that you draw from that account. Which is 15 days before Pesach. Which is 15 days before Atzeres. Before Shavuos. And 15 days before Sukkot. Right? Pesach and Pesachag actually come out in Rosh Chodesh. Uh, Tishrei and Nisan. So Amalei... So to that, right, so that's the, that, that explains, right, so that's why it's not a good question, because we'll see, right, that the different people, depending as we described before, depending on their location, right, most of those funds will be the ones that will be used for the various uh, draws, depending on how far away they are. So Amalei, yeah, Amer, shouldn't it be said that the Mishnah says, Elaine de Kriven Pesach, those who are close, now we're going to flesh it out, as we described. Right, so the locals who are close, those are the ones that whose money is going to be used in that first draw on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Those who are far, a little further, those are going to be before Shavuos. And those who are the most distant, those are the ones that we're going to draw from, right, uh, before Sukkot. Okay, so we don't really need it all of it on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, but we need some of it certainly on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and so the best timing for that critical first draw is in fact to be announced on Rosh Chodesh, right, on Rosh Chodesh Adar Sheni. Good. So as we turn to Amad Bey's, Amar Lei, so Ramana said to Ula, Kula Actually, the truth of the matter is, amazing statement, that the Chatzia Shekel came at once from all the locations. Really? Yeah, in other words, um, well, it, it's it, it's hard to say. In other words, maybe what he's saying is that there was a draw uh, only once. Okay, um, and therefore, right when you're drawing, what you're drawing from the from the year before? Let's see, kula ka'achasiba. All of them came at once from all the locations. But why did the Mishnah say that you withdraw the funds three times? Um, so he, he says because they withdrew three times to publicize it. In other words, what it really means here, at least according to the Tikkun Charita, is that, in other words, like this there's no chiv, put it this way, there's no chiv to draw it three times a year. You could really have um, all, all of it drawn on the Rosh Chodesh Nisan. But the reason why they had an announcement, Pumbi means that it's, Lasos Pumbi Ladavar is literally Pumbi means publicizing, right? Marketing. So they wanted to publicize the idea that you have to continuously give to the base of Mikdash. So they mentioned it during these times when everyone's excited and the air is filled with anticipation of Yantiv, they would say, this is when you have to bring the Machsah Shekel. So basically it was three marketing campaigns in the year for one major draw is basically what it boils down to. <coughs> that really the chiv, so to speak, is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that's when the mitzvah, so to speak, is. However, the announcements come three times a year, but it's really all focused on that time of the year of Rosh Chodesh Nisan, uh, more on this time of the year where we find ourselves uh, today on the 10th of Nisan. But 
But be that as it, right, in, in anticipation of Pesach. But be that as it may, there's a marketing campaign three times in the year for the same time. Okay. Now we get into Agartha, guys. We're going to say, with regards to, once you talk about donations, so we see that we donated for the Mishkan, but we also donated for the Chet Egel, don't forget. And Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi says it in an, in an amazing way. Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi, B'Shem Rabbi, he says, Hey, Nikra Valoni Ba'es, or some people, some gifts I'll say, Niv'as, either seized with fear or with shame. Can you read this psukim and not feel somewhat ashamed for the Jewish, on behalf of the Jewish people? Because Latova, when it came for good, which is to build the base of, uh, to build the Mishkan, Kol Nadiv Lev. The Pasuk says everybody who was generous would give to this Mishkan. Lara, however, when it came to making the the Egel, it says Vizparku Kol Ha'am. Right? So Kol Nadiv, it wasn't just the generous people, it was everyone. So we see that that the Mishkan resonated with those who were Nadiv Lev. The, the, the Egel resonated with everyone. That's not good. We see that even though Kalad is generous, <coughs> they're even more generous when it came to Ra. So what is it with us? What is it about human nature or the Jewish people that we can, we can be so misled? So it's, it makes you pause. It makes you shamed and pause and work on ourselves. We have to recognize this ourselves. That's the first step and then work on it. So, Furthermore, second example, a tova, when it came to Harsinai, the Yoyse Moshe Saam. Don't we have other sources that say that only a certain percentage of the Israel were involved in the It's a very interesting thing. Uh, Barry points out something that, that, that occurred to me also. It makes it sound, and we'll see this in, in the, we're going to bring about four examples here. Uh, um, and in all the four examples, uh, especially in the third one, um, it seems one could be one could say on behalf of Klal Israel. It sounds like in some of these psukim that Klal Israel, like the what we call Klal Israel, that came out like the kernel, the core, was was all of Klal Israel, and they were responding as they should. And then whenever it was Kol uh, Ha'eda, so it sounds like you know we had a lot of hanger-ons, and there was what we call the Erev Rav, and there and and they swayed us. Uh, often into some of the negative behavior. And so Barry is really saying that these psukim could be read the other way. In other words, whenever it's just Klal Yisrael, so then that's when they're doing the right thing. And whenever you're doing the wrong thing, it's like Kol Ha'eda, which makes it sound, it's Klal Yisrael, but also the influence of the Erev Rav and the people who were uh, giving us bad perspective. So I think that's, that's kind of what you're saying, that t- sometimes it's just portions of Klal Yisrael, sometimes it's all of Klal Yisrael, and sometimes it's not even what we would call Klal Yisrael. Sometimes, right, the, the whole group is, is Klal Yisrael plus the riffraff, which is half the problem. And so the lessons that we learned, so we try to sort it out here. That's a good point I, I, we have bad. The, the Gemara is making it sound like uh, that, that sometimes when it was just Klal so, so we can focus on both lessons, right? So one lesson is that when it's just Klal Yisrael, this is going to be the Goranowitz Muslim moment, the one, one lesson would be that we should look inside ourselves. We should, can't just blame the Erev Rav for everything, right? We should look inside ourselves because we, in fact, were influenceable and we were able to be drawn into all of these bad things like the Chet Egel and the Miraglim, as we'll mention, etc. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, we should try not to be so easily influenced and associate with negative, uh, with negative uh, forces. So it's a double lesson. Don't associate with the negative forces uh, if you can. And then even if they're there, don't blame them, right? Look inside yourself. But be that as it may, right? You could, you could turn this around and, and, um, and, and actually, 
um, right, explain it in a way that looks better on Kal Yisrael because it wasn't all Kal Yisrael. But certainly the Psukim, the Pashup Shat, Kol Nadiv Lev, that's true. That sounds like everybody who is, who is generous. Vespar Kukol Ha'am, however, sounds like it certainly was all of Kal Yisrael in that particular case. So you're saying, maybe, maybe there's Mepharshim that say that there wasn't Kal Yisrael, but Kol Ha'am uh, on the Pashup Shat certainly makes it sound like as if it was. Okay, that's case number one. Now, Latova, the second example here, but that's a great point. Thank you, Barry. Barry making, making our, our, our week on a, on a Tuesday morning. Latova, Biyotsi Moshe Sa'am. Moshe brought, he, so here it sounds like he had to bring, drag them out, right? Biyotsi Osam, it's an active, right, uh, kind of phrase that he's taking them out and dragging them to Harsinai in that case. That, but Lara, Batikaruna Lai Kuchem, says when it came to, right, um, the, uh, this time it's talking about the Miraglim, then Kulchem, all of you came. So uh, this, is, this is what occurred to me also, Barry. It says, when you all came to me, so I was thinking like the Miraglim, it was everybody, but the, there the Erevav probably had some influence also. Okay. Third example is um, Latova. This is what Az Yashir, uh, Dafyomi coincidence, right? When they're saying Az Yashir, so it says Az Yashir Moshe of Israel. So there Moshe sang, and once he's saying, they say, oh, we sing, okay, good. And then the rest of Israel followed suit. <coughs> However, Lara, Matisa Koleida, here too, when they wept uh, upon the return of the right, the uh, the spies in the Miraglim, Kol Haida. So that also gave me this thought. Like Kol Haida sounds like the entire congregation, maybe even more than just the core. But anyways, they all did uh, in that case. And the fourth example is Amar Bar Abba Achain Hishkimu Hishkisu. This is already. Navi, deep Navi, the Tzfanya, he was telling him that you guys rise early for all your corrupt things that you do, like Azrizin Makdimim Laveros kind of thing. That whenever Klal Yisrael got off the rails, they would do so with great zealotry and something that, actually, with great zeal, and that's something that actually should make us cause, uh, for pause, that we should uh, check ourselves before uh, we wreck ourselves, as the phrase goes. Anyways, the, these are four examples. So that uh, on the on the uh, conduct of Klai Yisrael. So Amar Rabbi Abba Baracha, in at Yacholamod al Ofiyah Umazu. You can't. You wouldn't even be able to comprehend right the contradictory nature of this amazing nation. It's kind of like mind boggling. They, you know, they're so generous when it comes to the Mishkan. They're also so generous when it comes to the Egel. So which is it? What is it about these Jews? So, Tana Rabbi Yosef Rechanina Hadamas Nisa. He taught in the Bryce as follows. It says that actually makes sense because it says that you should make a cover of gold over there for the Aram. No, that there's a hav of the, of the Aram the reason why they were so zealous was because they recognized their Avera of the Chet Egel. Once they recognized that Avera, so then they were extra zealous to atone for the said Avera, and they wanted to, right, and that actually inspired them to come out of it by giving more gold. There's an issue here of Eikategor Nasa Sanegor. We know that we don't want to use the same uh, thing for, uh, like, right, with the Shofar, and we don't want to have the Shofar Mitzupah, and many other examples. Um, like the Kohen Gadol doesn't have his gold vestments on Yom Kippur because the Chet Egel. Um, the Yushami, incidentally, fascinatingly says that the Kohen Gadol wears those linen because on Yom Kippur, it's actually, 
a day of atonement and humility. And so he has a different reason other than Ein Katego Nasus and Ego. Be that as it may, there is a discussion here about how the Zahav of the Aron would in fact atone for the uh, Zahav of the Ego, but it's, it's not so hard to imagine, right, that even though we have the concept of Ein Katego Nasus and Ego, that there's that you can categorize it. There's different concepts going on simultaneously. That even though that's also true, this is a different goal. This is an atonement, uh, a goal of atonement. Anyways, so now that we were talking about contributing for the Mishkan, now we're going to talk about the where the Psukim come from this, and it leads into the Machsiz HaShekel, which is the topic of our Mishnah. Rav Chagai B'Shem Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman says, Shlomos Trumus Neymar Parshazos. And that Parsha says Trumus three times. Trumus Adonim, Trumus Shkolim, Trumus Mishkan. So you see the Adonim, right, were the sockets of the Mishkan. And then, of course, the Shkolim, which we refer to, uh, the Machzis Shekel for the Korbanos, and the donation for the needs of the Mishkan. So now, where in the Pasuk does it refer to? Which one? So it says, Daber Bnei Yisrael V'Chuli Truma, Zu Trumus Adonim. That... Uh, that truma was talking about the Adonim, so now you understand Parsha's truma, what it's referring to. We read that Pasuk. That is talking about the truma of the Shkalim. That was the truma of the Mishkan. So the Gemara says on that, uh, It's unclear exactly what this means. Three possible uh, explanations here. Either means, in other words, because for us, we know that it's a machzah a shekel. So what does it mean that they should bring what they want to bring? Yeah, you can only bring a machzah a shekel. So you could say, well, they, it doesn't matter which denomination you bring it, right? It can't be referring to simply the amount because you have to bring a machzah a shekel. It, for a trumas a mishkan, it makes sense. But we're going to see that we're going to have the same phrase, but the trumas hashkalim also, where it doesn't make sense that it'd be the same amount because it has to be a machzah a shekel by definition. So it might be referring to either type of money or for which cause they're going to use it like which korban. Be that as it may, mashi yirtsu yaviu, or trumas shkalim la korban, mashi yirtsu yaviu. So there is again the same phrase with regards to trumas shkalim. Avayad kulan shava. But everyone's portion has to be equal. So that again refers to the possible ways that you may understand it and how you use the money it has to be equal. But with regards to the shkalim, it basically means that the amount has to be equal at the end. And that when it came to the socket, people gave as much as they were able to give. To which, Amar Rabbi Avun, right? Right? That the Machsa Shekel Shumal Hashem, Yitan Shumas Hashem. And the Pasuk says, donation for Hashem. It says, Es Shumas Hashem. And then the Pasuk after that, it says, again, Shumas Hashem. So we see that even <coughs> with regards to what the Pasuk we quoted, with Parshas Kisisa, it's, refer, it's referencing, right, these three donations within the Machzis HaShekel, but be that as it may, the Machzis HaShekel is used, right, for the, for the Karbanas, as we know, and everybody has to bring the same amount, um, and whether he's poor or rich. We are, have a minute or so left, let's just do this one last line over here, we have the two dots, on the 15th, uh, we read the Megillah in the walled cities. Lokein Amar Rabbi Chelbo Ravuna Verav B'Shem Rabchiya Raba Hakol Yotzin Barabasa Shuzman Kriyasa. Right? Didn't they say? Didn't they say that if you read on the fourteenth that you're Yotzei even if you're in the walled city? So the Gemara is just going to explain Rabbi Chelbo uh, before as follows. Loba Ela Lelanda Chashakol Mitzvos Anogas Ba'Ader Sheni. It's to teach you, the, that Mishnah is agreeing with Chelbo that you could be Yotze with other Rishon 
uh, if you did th- that, that which you did on other sheni, right? You cannot. You're not yotze. Rather, if you do it on other rishon, and tomorrow we will continue bezat Hashem with an analysis of Rav Chelbo's ruling. So we find ourselves uh, about twenty lines up from the bottom of Bezam and Bez, where we resume with our incredible and um, learning of Maseches Shkalem in anticipation of the regal. Okay.